Hello all and welcome to episode 33 of Geeks and Games. It astonishes me how large our catalog of episodes is growing and how quickly they're coming out at this rate too. Um, I'm Tiger and as always I'm joined by Yoshimitsu. Hello. Uh, <sighs> we, have a, we have a couple of fun things in store for you today. As you know, last episode we were going to talk about the... Um, we were going to talk about Xbox One games, but we had recorded it late at night, so there wasn't time, and we all kind of wanted to go to bed. So, you know, yeah. some things were just held off. News, uh, to be honest, I haven't been keeping much track of what's been going on in video game news, but there are some things related to stuff we've talked about on Geeks and Films. So Disney Plus Day was yesterday, as of this recording, where like Disney announced a bunch of things that are coming to Disney Plus. Some notable things include a Cars animated series, of course, since we talked about Cars on the last episode. Since the Wimpy Kid animated film is coming out um, in a few weeks, they also announced that there, there are plans to work on a sequel, Roderick Rules, which a, a little preemptive, but whatever. Okay. Agatha House of Harkness, a spinoff of WandaVision talking about Agatha Harkness, which looks cool. Marvel Zombies animated series, a Spider-Man freshman year animated series. A series called X-Men 97 is a throwback to the old X-Men cartoons of the 90s. Um, Disenchanted, which is a sequel to Enchanted, Hocus Pocus 2, which brings back all the original three actors who played the witches. And quite a few other things, including a couple of Star Wars related announcements like um, Kenobi. I... Uh, I've been hearing about Kenobi for a long time, so it's interesting to see that it's finally making some headway and may release next year. So it'll be interesting to see what Disney Plus will bring us in the future. I'm sorry, I just didn't have that much game-related news. One thing is, I had talked about a while ago about how um, not only does Nintendo have a villain named Bowser and the head of Nintendo of America is named, ba is named Doug Bowser, but there's this other guy whose last name is Bowser who had sort of like hacked the Switch's infrastructure and released a lot of its firmware for free online. And uh, recently he was put in jail. But anyway, our big topic today is we're going to talk about canceled and reworked games. Of course, video games, they take a long time to make and a lot of money and a lot of man or woman power. And not all of them end up making it to shelves. So here's a look about some games that weren't released at all and some notable examples of some games that weren't released initially, but then were reworked into other games or elements of which were reworked into other games. So first off, starting way back in the early days, um, Dukes of Hazzard, the, that TV show that some people may remember, had a game for the Atari 2600 that was canceled. I think there was some other Dukes of Hazzard game that had come out later. I don't know. Um, Sword Quest Airworld. So if you're a reader of Ready Player One, the book, you may know about this. But in the late 70s, early 80s, Atari produced a series of games called Sword Quest. The first three were officially released, which were, um, I believe, Earthworld, Fireworld, and Waterworld. However, there was a fourth game, Airworld, that was never released. That That's because all four were planned to be part of a contest where it's like... um. For each game released, players would take place in a competition, and the winners of each game would get a special prize. Like, I remember the, um, I can't remember what it was. I believe the first person got a 
philosopher's stone or something and then after the competition didn't end up following through i believe he melted it down to pay for college tuition and i don't know what the prize was for the second game but the contest for the third one it never ended up happening because of the video game crash of 1983 and airworld never released and the contest didn't happen due to the same thing and of course the penultimate competition where a player could win a sword never happened there are rumors out there, though, that the, the prizes that were never handed out are currently sitting in the Atari's former CEO and with him. Next up, I wanted to talk about a Street Fighter for the NES. So, of course, it was probably, you know, arcade game, arcade fighting games at the time were probably a little too complicated to bring over to the NES, where they only had a grand total of four buttons plus the D-pad. So, like, um... Select and start probably couldn't be used, so all you had was A and B in the four and the D-pad, which is probably Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter on the Game Boy do not work well at all, so it kind of makes sense why the NES version was canceled. But yes, Capcom did work on Street Fighter for the NES at one point. Next one I've talked about on the show before, Mother, the original Earthbound, which released for the Famicom. It was canceled due to it being originally made a bit too late in the NES's lifespan, and there was this guy who had revealed that Nintendo had worked on a fully translated ROM, but it never released it officially. But the guy released it online as Earthbound Zero. And then Nintendo finally did officially release it on the Wii U Virtual Console as Earthbound Beginnings. And we still have yet to see it on anything else. Please bring over all three Mother Games, Nintendo. Your fans will love you and forgive you completely for all of your Switch Online well. weirdness. We'll love you. We'll, we'll, we won't go further than that. Um, next up, Star Fox 2. This game was canceled, but it was like 95% finished. So Nintendo worked with Argonaut Software to make the original Star Fox. And they, they had made a sequel to the Super FX chip that they created that ran games like Star Fox, Doom, and Stunt Race FX on the Super Nintendo. But then they made a, another chip called the Super FX Chip 2, which would have made it even better. Perhaps even with fully 3d navigable environment but the problem was it came out way too late in the system's lifespan so it was canceled but it eventually came out on the snes classic in 2017 and later the switch online super nintendo portion of the service um the virtual boy that's a console that everybody loves and as you can imagine since it had a super short lifespan there are a lot of games released for it that nobody ever saw one of which was Virtual Boy Mario Land. There was also a Mario Kart game planned for the system. And GoldenEye was going to get a game for the Virtual Boy as well. But it was an action racing game. That's an odd choice. That's confusing. <laughs> yep. I've never seen the original movie, so I don't know if there are even any racing segments in the movie. But the Nintendo 64 game's good. Another Super Nintendo game game that was planned but canceled was kid kirby which was made by the same people behind the grand theft auto games kirby and grand theft auto are about as far apart on the video game spectrum as you can imagine which is so weird to me but the graphics before the game had ever released they looked very good for the time like the it looks like kirby but but donkey kong country almost and it was going to use the snes mouse apparently but you know then it was canceled Project Dream was another project for the Super Nintendo, but this one was developed by Rare. It was an RPG with really good graphics, but elements of it then were reworked into Banjo-Kazooie. 
So the RPG portion never happened, which makes sense. The Nintendo 64 really doesn't have any RP many RPGs at all, except for like Quest 64. I think that's like the only one. Speaking of RPGs for the Nintendo 64, there was going to be a Pokemon RPG for the Nintendo 64, but then Game Freak like, no, that wouldn't work. Uh, Pokemon games aren't meant to be on home consoles, the RPG systems anyway. They're only supposed to be on the handhelds. But guess what? They released two Pokemon RPGs for the GameCube. So which is it, Game Freak? This one's an interesting one. A Timber the Tiger was going to get his own game. If you haven't heard of him, don't feel bad. But he was a character in Diddy Kong Racing and was going to have his own game, which made sense. I mean, Diddy Kong had his own game. Banjo had it. Banjo and Kazooie had their own game. Conker had his own game. He had the kid-friendly Game Boy Color game before the really mature Nintendo 64 game, which came out after Banjo... Um, I mean, it came out after Diddy Kong Racing did, but there was also a character named Timber the Tiger that was going to get his own game made by Rare. I assume all plans just fell flat once Rare was bought by Microsoft. Um, but for the Nintendo 64 DD, there were a few games for it. Like um, Pokemon 64 was also originally planned for that, and then Pokemon Snap and Pokemon Stadium were also planned for that, but then migrated to the regular 64 as was, I believe, Zelda Ocarina. Time, maybe it was Majora's Mask instead because of the clock feature. But Mario 64 2 is probably the most infamous. And somebody did put the files for a Super Mario 64 2 that Nintendo did have online. It was probably going to have multiplayer functionality, things like that. But the Nintendo 64 DD it was just one of those consoles that, you know, it was ambitious, it was interesting. But it didn't reach enough people. It was too late in the Nintendo 64's lifespan for people to really have an interest in it. So, it, And it only came to America in dev kits, which there is a um, Metal Jesus Rock, whom I've talked about on my show before, did end up procuring an American dev kit model of the Nintendo 64 DD and had bought it off of somebody on Craigslist. But... He can't play any Japanese 64DD games on it because it's an American dev kit. It was meant to play only American games, but none released. Sonic Extreme. So the Sega Saturn was going to get its own full-fledged Sonic game. It was originally planned for the Genesis, then moved to the 32X, and then moved to the Saturn. But development was literal hell for the poor developers. One of them got... So sick to the point where his doctor told him he had six months to live. Thankfully, he survived, but development took such a hell. And then uh, some, some, the CEO of Sega at the time, I think it suggested, um, put in Nights into Dreams as source code because the Sonic team had worked on that for the Saturn. And so they did, but Yuji Naka's like, no, I want to make an original game. You can't do that. And so they took that out and had to work. Those poor developers worked so hard for a game that never ended up releasing. I feel so sorry for them. Shame it never released. Streets of Rage 4. Now, this game did release, but not the version of Streets of Rage 4 that was canceled. So, Streets of Rage 4 was originally planned. For... I can't hear you. Sorry, I'm back on this. I was about to say, what do you mean? You've played Streets of Rage 4. It's not canceled. It's alive. Well, the um, it was originally Streets of Rage 4 was in development for the Dreamcast and then was canceled and then this third-party company, not Sega, named Dotemu, tried their hand at recreating their own Streets of Rage game as they had 
had previous experience rebooting Sega franchises by making a remake of Wonder Boy in the Dragon's Trap, which was a Master System game, I believe, earlier in the Switch's lifespan. I don't know if it exclusively came to the Switch or other consoles, but I know for a fact it's on the Switch. Dudes of Rage 4 is on the Xbox One and PS4 as well. I don't know if it's on the PS5 or Xbox Series X as of yet. Donkey Kong Racing. I mentioned Diddy Kong Racing just a bit ago, and Rare had plans to make a sequel to it called Donkey Kong Racing. But, you know, then Rare got bought by Microsoft, so they weren't able to. But they they did end up reworking it into a game called... Uh, what was it? Uh, let's see, it was called, like, Saber um, Man Stampede. But that game was also canceled. So, you know um earthbound 64 i've mentioned this one on the show before as well it was basically mother 3 was originally going to be on the 64 dd then the 64 dd didn't do well so they're like okay let's move it to the original nintendo 64 but then shigesato toys like no the nintendo 64 does not have enough space my development team isn't uh getting the resources they want to put in the game onto the game so we're going to cancel it but then once mother one plus two was announced for the game boy advance in japan in the teaser for that game they mentioned mother three was also coming to the game boy advance and it was two is three no mother one and two just collected earthbound and earthbound that's that one plus two no okay so that means if you bought all three games you technically have mother six it's like you put two PlayStation 2 to, 2s together, you get a PlayStation 4. Technically, that's correct. Um, there were a couple of really interesting canceled Mario games. One was Super Mario Wacky World. So the Philips CDI, the one Mario game we did get, was infamous for its repetitive and not-too-fun gameplay and absolutely amazing cutscenes. Were those better than the Mario movie? I'm not sure. But in case you're watching this after December of 2022, we mean the 1990s Mario movie, not the Chris Pratt one. Speaking of Chris Pratt, he also got announced that he's going to play Garfield in another Garfield animated movie. Oh, gosh. Isn't it so weird how, like, these announcements for movies come out, like, after we've kind of talked about some of them? Like, the Mario animated film comes out right after we discuss it on our show. And now, after we've talked about a comic strip movie, Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, now they're announcing a Garfield uh, movie. Speaking of which, Garfield's Halloween Adventure is on YouTube, officially uploaded by the official Garfield channel. So it's possible we will review that one next Halloween, keeping in theme with our comic strip Halloween movies. So look forward to that one at some point. Um, So Super Mario Wacky World was going to be a platforming game basically a sequel of mario world but development just you know didn't happen well i mean development happened but it was canceled and so demos of the game were sold but they run very clunkily from what i've seen another canceled mario game was for the wii called super mario spikers and it was basically a volleyball cross wrestling game but it was too violent for modern mario it's even more violent than super smash bros is like I think there's footage on a lot of like Waluigi like body slamming into Yoshi and it it could probably damage some poor unfortunate souls. Um, project Giant Robot. This was another Nintendo project back when people still cared about the Wii U. It was a tech demo that had 
come about in 2014. And then they're like, oh, it's just a tech demo, nothing more. But Nintendo kept saying they were going to make a physical game out of it. Now, what might have come of it is the Nintendo Labo robot kit for the Switch. So that probably could be what came of it, but it's not confirmed by anybody. Dragon King the Fighting Game was a Nintendo 64 fighting game that eventually morphed into the original Super Smash Brothers as well. Mega Man has a couple of interesting canceled games, the first of which is Maverick Hunter, which is going to be a gritty, mature Mega Man reboot. Kind of like um, Bomberman Zero for the Xbox 360, which I've heard is not that good. It's like, it's Bomberman, but you know, it's just grittier and kind of weird to see such a, what's formerly a cutesy game with like the same type of gameplay in a gritty setting. Maverick Hunter probably would have felt like kind of the same. Another canceled Mega Man game was Mega Man Legends 3 for the 3DS. So Mega Man Legends 1 and 2 and its spinoff, The um, Misadventures of Tron Don, which by the way is very expensive. That series was going to get a sequel on the 3DS. By the way, Mega Man Legends 1 was also ported to the Nintendo 64 as Mega Man 64, but I don't know if it's that much different. So Mega Man Legends 3, it was, uh, you know, it just got canceled because Mega Man Project's always get canceled there was another one called Mega Man universe where users could make their own Mega Man levels in a kind of weird art style um final fantasy 64 so this was kind of reworked into final fantasy 7 on the playstation 1 because development of the final fantasy games for the 64 it did not go well because Square Soft was, I almost said Square Enix, but this was before they were Square Enix, said, um, oh, the 64 doesn't have enough space. We're moving up with Sony. And even then, they still had to put the game on three entire discs just because it was so huge. Bonk 64, if you haven't heard of Bonk, don't feel bad. There's a game called Bonk's Adventure, originally released for the TurboGrafx-16, but I think there's an NES version. The NES version goes for a lot of money. But he was like one of the mascots of NEC. Like the most prominent one is Bomberman, but Bonk was up there. He was going to have a game for the Nintendo 64. That was also canceled. And then there was another Bonk game that was going to be released on the PlayStation Network and Xbox Live Arcade. That was also canceled. That was because Hudson Soft just sort of, you know, died in 2012. Half-Life had a couple of canceled games, one of which was a port for the Dreamcast. It might have been a different version instead of just a port. But then there was also this um, Half-Life 3. People have wanted Half-Life 3 forever. The closest thing we've got is a VR prequel called Half-Life Alex. So, you know, maybe they'll release, maybe Valve will release Half-Life 3. Maybe they won't. With Maybe with the Steam Deck, we'll finally get it. Who knows? Um, Assassin's Creed Lost Legacy was an Assassin's Creed game that was going to release for the 3DS, but it ended up being reworked as Assassin's Creed Revelation for the Xbox 360 and maybe PlayStation 3. Don't quote me on that. Halo DS. This one's an interesting one because it's, you know, Halo for the Nintendo DS because some employee, I th- want to say it was an IGN writer claimed that there was a Halo game for the DS, but then the Halo developers are like, oh no, we had no plans for that. And the IGN writer is like, oh no, really, I can prove it. And so he uploaded a video on YouTube of himself playing the Halo demo on his DS. So maybe it existed, maybe he didn't. Some people say it's just a hacked version of 007 Rogue Agent, the DS version. So I don't know, maybe. Um, 
Thrill Kill. Now, this was a game that was rated adults only, but it was like so violent and so weird that the company who made it, Paradox, canceled it. But copies of it leaked online, and apparently it has like a cult following among its fans because from what I've heard, the fighting mechanics are good, even if the game isn't very appealing. Um, Grand Theft Auto 64. This one's an interesting one, but it's not like Grand Theft Auto 3 for the 64. It's more like the original one from a top-down perspective. The only real pictures we have of it are from a Spanish-only magazine. So maybe if this game actually was in development, very little of it was actually shown off. Another game made by Rockstar Games, Agent. It was announced for the PlayStation 3 at, I think, E3 2009, and it wasn't canceled until 12 years later, just this year. So... I, we, t- we mentioned it in the new segment of an earlier episode of the show. So some of you may remember that, but it's weird that they took so long to cancel it. Now, this next one's an interesting one. Metroid Dread. Most of our viewers have probably heard of Metroid Dread and I'm like, oh, yeah, it just came out for the Switch last month, right? Well, it was originally, I think, teased for the Game Boy Advance. And then there was an even an Easter egg referencing it and Metroid Prime 3 saying Project Dread is almost complete. And I think it was going to be on the DS at some point. But basically, you know, it um, it was just a project that was going to happen and that didn't happen. And then the director was like, oh, yeah, we did work on it. But then it didn't happen. And then they made a new game for the Switch called it Metroid Dread is probably a way to troll us. Maybe they reuse some assets. Maybe they didn't because why reuse assets from a 15-year-old game that you never made? Um, Harry Potter. Now, this one's a weird one. So when J.K. Rowling auctioned off the book rights, Nintendo was one of the companies that had rushed to purchase it. When creating the initial character designs, J.K. Rowling didn't approve of them. And then the games itself were eventually canceled. So Warner Brothers ended up buying the rights to Harry Potter instead to make the films that most of us know. In fact, the film series just turned 20 years old, I think. Star Wars 1313. Now, LucasArts was planning on developing this game as more like a gritty, more mature Star Wars game. But then it got canceled because Disney bought Lucasfilm and shut down LucasArts, which is sad. Another game for the NES that was planned but canceled was Return of Donkey Kong which I might have been a sequel to the original Donkey Kong, but Donkey Kong Jr. is also the sequel to Donkey Kong. But then there's also Donkey Kong 2, which was a game and watch game. So who knows what's the actual Donkey Kong sequel? The Nintendo timeline is very convoluted. Wave Race for the Wii. So Wave Race had three games, one for the Game Boy, one for the 64, and one for the GameCube. And they were going to have a Wii version, but, you know, that was canceled. It would be interesting to see... It brought back on the Switch, though. Gauntlet. You, some of you may have heard of this. It's an old, uh, it's an old arcade game. I think made by Atari. The most faithful port of it I've heard is Gauntlet Four for like the Sega Genesis or something. But Gauntlet was going to be on the DS, and it looks pretty cutting edge too. But then you know, didn't come out. PlayStation Portable also got a couple of interesting games that were canceled, like Resident Evil Portable and Earthworm Jim for PlayStation Portable as well. Rare had so many canceled games. Another one of them was Conquer Get Medieval, which was a first-person shooter spinoff of Conquer. But then there was also Banjo got a lot of canceled games, like um, Banjo 3E. Some of its assets were reworked into Nuts and Bolts, as were Banjo-Kazooie, which was a 
vehicle building spinoff. And then there was also Banjo X, which was going to be a remake of the original Banjo Kazooie and poke fun at itself for being a remake, much like Conquer Live and Reloaded. Then there was Castlevania for the Sega Dreamcast, which was canceled because, you know, the Dreamcast only lasted like three years. Then there was a Dinosaur Planet, which was a game about dinosaurs. I believe most of that was reworked into Star Fox Adventures, but the ROM for the original game came out online, I want to say, last year. But games weren't, it wasn't just games that were canceled. Companies have also canceled entire consoles. Who knows? Well, you'll see. Then the, the Nintendo PlayStation. So I've talked about this on the show quite a bit before, but the story goes that Nintendo had originally partnered with Philips to make a CD add-on for the Super NES, but then that partnership had fallen through. And so I've, apparently I've misquoted the story in the past. I thought it was Nintendo worked with Sony, then Sony declined, and then they partnered with Philips instead, but they partnered with Philips first and then with Sony and then lost to Sony. And so... Basically, CD drive rights went to Philips to make the add-on, and instead, they had Nintendo licensed characters and fantastic games for the Philips CDI. But then, because, you know, bad CDI games, Nintendo instead partnered with Sony to make a CD-based version of the Super Nintendo. But then, Sony took the PlayStation and made it their own console because partnership rights had fallen through, and now they've been Nintendo's biggest competitor ever since. Nintendo, other than that, doesn't really have a lot of console games. There was going to be a version that had Game Boy Advance level graphics and style, but would have cost too much, and it was announced in, like, 95, but then it was canceled. Sega, on the other hand, has quite a bit. So I believe the Sega Master System or Genesis, I can't remember, was going to get, like, a VR headset, but then it was canceled. But then Sega had the broad idea to name a bunch of their inventions after Planet. So... First, there was the Sega Mars arcade board, and then there was, well, there was a Sega Jupiter, which was going to be a 3D, um, a 32-bit based uh, cartridge system that didn't end up happening, I guess. But then somebody had basically pointed out, wait. We can't make consoles that have names based off of planets because at some point we'll have to make the Sega Uranus. And they didn't want to make the Sega Uranus because, you know, Uranus. For obvious reasons. So a couple, another project that was canceled was the Sega Neptune, which was a Sega 32X and Genesis combined into one system. And the Sega Pluto, which was the Sega Saturn with the Netlink built in. But Pluto's not a planet. However, it might be reconsidered a planet in the future. Who knows? I don't know if NASA passed a bill or anything yet. Um, Atari. Who boy, Atari has a lot of canceled things. Here are some of the many ones. The Atari Game Brain, which would have been a kind of cartridge-based system, but with only 10 games. That was basically a Pong system. Before the video game crash of 83, there was another video game crash in the 70s because so many people just made Pong clones and redistributed them as home consoles. The most notable of these was the original color TV game made by Nintendo, which was their first electronic console. And then there was the, the Atari game brand was one of those and the 2700, 2600 was already out by the time they decided to make it. So they just canceled it. There was the Atari Cosmos, which was a handheld that had a holographic display 
that was canceled. The Atari 2700, which was a 2600 with wireless controllers. The CX 2500, which had the controllers built into the console. There's another version of this, but I can't remember which one. Also, I've talked about some of these on the episode we did with Nomadic Vagabond, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself from previous episodes. There was the Atari Panther, which was another console that Atari developers were working on, but then they're like, no, we need to focus resources exclusively on the Jaguar because the Jaguar did super well. There were also plans to make the Atari Jaguar Duo, which combined the Atari Jaguar and Jaguar CD into one, similar to the NEC Turbo Duo, which has the Turbo Graphics and CD in one. So there was also the Atari Mirai. What is it? Not many people know, but there is this console that was never made is on display at some video game museum, if you're interested. The Intellivision. So the original Intellivision was made. Then they made the Intellivision 2, which was not actually a next generation Intellivision console, but it just a repackaged version of the Intellivision that was cheaper and a bit not easier to find, but I guess um, more compact. Yeah. But then they were going to make something called the Intellivision 3, which was a full on sequel, which seems weird to make your first sequel to the Intellivision, the Intellivision 3, poor naming choices on Mattel's part. However, the Intellivision 3 never came out, so they never really had to deal with the repercussions of that. There was this other system that was canceled called the Connex Multi-System. It was going to have a haptic chair. The console itself had a steering wheel built in. It was going to be like the big all-in-one console with everything you needed. However, they bit off way too much more, way too much than they could chew, and so they, you know, just canceled it. Um, there was the Infinium Labs Phantom, which I talked about before. It was basically going to be a console that was digital only to buy PC games. However, it ended up costing too much and it never released. Um, a couple of companies that had previously only made games um, had tried their hand at making systems like the Taito Wow Wow. Some companies had more success than others. Um, the Taito Wow Wow, it was going to be a CD-based system that also had satellite hookup functionality. However, this would have cost way too much to make and to sell, so they ended up not making it. Then there was the Bandai HET. So Bandai had made the Pladia, which I think was a kid's system. And then there was the Wonderswan, which is it's a bit more of one of those consoles with a cult following. And it's not that well known, but there's also the Bandai HET, which never released. So what it would have been is it would have been like kind of a portable, but it looks too big to be a portable system. So what it is, is you can play Super Famicom games, but it has a screen built in as well as a stylus and a CD drive. Um, and HET stands for Home Entertainment Terminal. So, you know, all of these things equaled not releasing. Then there was the Panasonic Jungle. So Panasonic made the 3DO and there was this other can- console they made that was canceled called the M2. But one of them was a MMO oriented handheld machine, which doesn't go together very well at all so what we're going to do next is talk about the xbox one but before we do that we're going to continue where we left off last time and talk about games that came out on both the ps4 and xbox one some of them also came out on the switch some also came out on the wii u it's weird because the switch came out like mid-generation um there was uh starting off a game i had talked about on the ps4 episode that i forgot to last time was a game called gran turismo sport that was made by polyphony in 2017 and is a racing game but moving on to the games that came out on both systems ukulele which is a spiritual successor to banjo kazooie 
It came out in 2017, was developed by Platonic Games, and is a platformer. They actually made a special big box version of this, a limited run did, because they're great at making physical versions of games that have only been digital on the Switch and other systems before. Then there was a... uh, there was also a sequel to Ukulele that was a 2D platformer, but I don't have much to say on that one because I didn't bother writing it down. Haha. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 4 or Crash Bandicoot. Um, oh, what was it called? I only wrote it down as Crash 4. I believe it was like. Um, Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time, which was made by. Toys for Bob, and was a platformer released in 2020. Then there was Marvel's Avengers, which was made by Square Enix, was an action brawler, and came out in 2020. I remember everybody talking about this game for like a week or two, and then it just, nobody did. I think because the game sort of, uh, people figured it out, it had kind of like repetitive gameplay, and it wasn't that fun, as well as some bugs. But it's still getting DLC, so I still think it has enough of a fan base that Square Enix is willing to make DLC for. That's cool. Then there's Red Dead Redemption 2, which was made in 2018 by Rockstar Games and is an action-adventure game. Destiny, which is an FPS game created by Bungie, came out in 2014. So Bungie was originally basically a game studio subsidiary of Microsoft, much like how Rare was of Nintendo and then defected to Microsoft. So Destiny was sort of like, okay, we're Bungie. We're out on our own. We're no longer confined to making halo games just for the xbox people we're going to make our own game and so they made destiny i think it recently got a sequel then there's our rise of the tomb raider which i believe is a sequel to the tomb raider reboot which came out in 2015 and was made by crystal dynamic last of which of course you have to mention streets of rage 4 which is a beat-em-up released in 2020 and developed by dotemu really fun beat-em-up by the way Now, moving on to the Xbox One, it sold about 50 million units, so it was kind of behind the PlayStation 4. It was was hurt pretty early on in development because um, they announced at launch that it required the Kinect sensor and the internet, causing poor sales figures in its initial year. Uh, It also has backwards compatibility with the original Xbox and Xbox 360, and you can also buy these games on the Xbox Store, but then there's also the xbox game preview which is a subscription service that allows you to play some games before everybody else and then uh, it's best-selling game grand theft auto 5 best game also regarded as grand theft auto 5 worst game fighter within developed by dakota in 2013 which is a fighting game which required the connect and its rarest game well i have no info because it's kind of weird with these games because i can't really credit what game is the rarest because it's not like years after we've got a game that has sort of been defined as the rarest but but it's like the only games that could be classified as rare is like special big collectors editions but that's because um collectors the developers and publishers are literally designing these to actually be rare so i'm not going to count those i'm talking about games that were initially released to a mass market but then sort of just really fell by the wayside, like Shantae for the Game Boy Color. They really tried hard at that game, but because it came out late in the Game Boy Color, Life managers didn't do that much. So some other notable games released for it is Halo 5 Guardians, which is an FPS developed by 343 Industries in 2015. 
Halo the Master Chief Collection, which was also developed by 343, came out in 2014, and it collects Halo 1, 2, 3, ODST, Reach, and 4. Sadly, a lot of this content was locked behind downloads upon launch, which caused a lot of negative criticism among, well, critics. Then there was also Halo Wars 2, which was a real-time shooter developed in 2017 by 343. Of course, it couldn't be an Xbox system without the Gears of War game, so we got Gears of War 4 and 5, which were developed in 2019 and, uh, 2016 and 2019, respectively, by the Coalition, both of which are third-person shooters. But then there's Rare Replay. If I ever buy an Xbox One, it would probably be just for this game because of how many freaking games it has. It has games ranging from the ZX Spectrum and the NES to the Xbox 360. So the games it has are, um, let's see, it has Jetpack, Lunar Jetman, Attic Attack, Saber Wolf, Underworld, Night Lore, Gunfight Slalom, RC Pro-Am, Cobra Jungle, Snake Rattle and Roll, Solar Jetman, Digger T-Rock, Battletoads. I've heard bad things about this game just because of how freaking hard it is. RC Pro-Am 2, Battletoads Arcade, Killer Instinct Gold, not the first version for some reason. Uh, Blast Core, Banjo-Kazooie, Jeff Force Gemini, Perfect Dark, which is a remaster of the original, so it's not like the original Nintendo 64 game. It's strictly remastered. At least that's what it says on Wikipedia. Um, Banjo-Tooie, Conker's Bad Fur Day, Grabbed by the Ghoulies, Cameo, Perfect Dark Zero, Viva Pinata, Jetpack Refueled, Viva Pinata, Trouble in Paradise, and Banjo-Kazooie, Nuts and Bolts. So this game was developed by Rare, and it's a compilation series developed in 2015. This game has so much stuff. It looks so cool. Like I said, if I ever did buy an Xbox One or probably more likely an Xbox Series X just so I could have access to more because I'm that selfish. Mahaha. Um, <laughs> next up, we have Forza Horizon 2, which was released on the 360 previously by a different developer. That one came out in 2014 and was developed by Playground Games and is a racing game. But there was also Forza Horizon 3 and 4, which were developed in 2016 and 2018, respectively. Also racing games by Playground Games. Then there's Forza Motorsport 5 to 7, which were released in 2013, 2015, and 2017. All racing games by Turn 10 Studios. Then there's Sea of Thieves, which is a, developed in 2018 by Rare and is a first-person co-op online game. I've heard, I haven't experienced this personally, but I've heard that a lot of people played this in the first week and then it stuff just sort of, you know, dropped off. Then there was Cuphead, which is a running gun and created in 2017, created by Studio MDHR. So this game is impressively impressive for an indie game. It was only developed by two brothers and they hand drew all of these frames. Like it's developed by 1930s cartoons made by companies like Disney and, uh, the Fleischer Studios. So if you haven't heard of the Fleischer Studios, they're responsible for the Popeye cartoons. Um, there was PUBG, otherwise known as Player Unknown Battlegrounds. This game sold a lot, but I hadn't heard of it before. I had looked up the best-selling games of all time list, so I don't know what I'm missing out on. Um, so it was pre previously on Windows and phones, and it was later on the PlayStation 4, but I don't know who made it or when it was released because I'm lazy. Um, versions of the console after the console's initial release in 2013 some versions of it they made were the xbox one elite in 2016 which had a one terabyte hard drive which is pretty good considering all of the, the amount of space all of these games took up 
the Xbox One S, which came out in 2016, the One X in 2017, and the One S all digital in 2019. So that is all the information I have regarding the Xbox One. But now it is time to go to our years in gaming. Yoshimitsu, please take it away. Okay, this year in gaming is 2014. Started off in January 11th with Kirby Triple Deluxe on the 3DS, but was not released in the US until May 2nd. February 14th, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Uh, February 25th, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare was released. March 14th, Yoshi's New Island was released. March 18th, Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zero. <sighs> Sorry. May 29th, Mario Kart 8 was released, but not in the US until the following day. Why do they keep doing this? Uh, and then also released on April 28th, 2017 for the DX. Um, uh, April 28th, 2017 was when the DX port came out for the Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Uh, June 10th, Amoeba Wave 1 came out, and also Sonic Jump Fever was released for iOS. Uh, June 26th, Shovel Knight was released. July 11th, Wii Sports Club was released on the Wii U after various mini-games for it had trickled out on the Wii U before. September 13th, Smash 3DS was released. Yeah, not in the U.S. until October 3rd. Uh, September 20th, Bayonetta 2 was released, but not in the U.S. until October 24th. October 11th, new Nintendo 3DS uh, was released, but not in the U.S. until September 25th of 2015. Uh, November 11th, Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric was released. November 18th, Little Big Planet 3 was released. November 20th, Crossy Road. And November 21st, Smash was released for the Wii U, as was Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. All right. Thankfully, I don't have as much content to add to this year as I did in previous years. Um, so first off, in January 28th, the PlayStation Now service launched, which allowed you to um, play previous PlayStation games, I think, as well as some special digital exclusives. Um, April 1st, Goat Simulator released it released on April 1st because, of course, it did. I've heard of this game. It's like you play as a goat and you can ram into things and such. April 4th, The Elder Scrolls Online released. May 27th, Watch Dogs came out. And uh, I don't I think you said this one June 26th, Shovel Knight. Yeah. Okay, sorry. July 10th, Yokai Watch 2 came out, but it was released with two different versions, just like the Pokemon games, which are called Bony Spirits and Fleshy Souls, and another version of it called Psychic Specters, released on December 13th. I don't know what parent would willingly get their kid a game called Yokai Watch 2 Fleshy Souls, because I don't know. It was like a game that was kind of made to combat the Pokemon franchise, and it got its own TV show or something. Uh, August 8th, Five Nights at Freddy's released. We have to give this one to give a shout-out to all the nine-year-olds who still play it. Go you. Uh, September 9th, Destiny released. September 27th, Fatal Frame Maiden of Blackwater came out for the Wii U, but didn't come out to the US until October 22nd of 2015. It also recently got ported to the Switch. November 8th, the first episode of the Sonic Boom TV show premiered, which also led to the creation of three games. Rise of Lyric was just the first of three. The other two only released on the 3DS. Same as Little Big Planet 3, November 18th, Far Cry 4 released, and that is the end of the years in gaming. 
it is also the end of this episode. Sorry if this is too short for you, but, you know, sometimes things just cruise along a little too smoothly. It's not our fault we've become so great in the podcasting world. So, Yoshimitsu, where can people find you on the internet web? Uh, people can find me on Lego Ideas as Spectre Vamp, although I've kind of forgotten my password because uh, I tried to change it and some weird stuff happened. So I might end up losing that account. Uh, you can also find me on Mechabricks as Spectre Vamp and on Discord as Spectre Vamp, and that's pretty much it. Where can people find you online? All right, you can find me on Lego Ideas as Woodstock 5 and uh, Scratch as Woodstock 5 there may be something coming out there Christmas Day, but there might not. Who knows? Also, follow me on Mechabricks. I'm GNG Tiger. I just made a giant Super Smash Bros. Ultimate custom project, which I'm pretty proud of. Took me quite a few weeks to finish it up. Um, also, please join our epic and amazing Geeks and Games Discord server. Links all these will be in the description, by the way. And... Um, Follow our Geeks and Games YouTube channel where we'll have playlists of all the videos we mentioned on the sh- uh, on the episodes. Speaking of which, I did want to give a shout out to the Lost and Cancelled Games Iceberg made by Accessible Funky and also the Cancelled Games and Cancelled Consoles videos by Scott the Waz, which were huge um, sources for games and consoles that I included in this episode. And also, if you have any questions, comments, complaints, additions to our years in gaming, or movies we should cover on our film podcast, please send those to geekandgamespodcast.gmail.com and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, please. That would We would appreciate it vastly, and it would help support the show, get us out to that many more people. And next time you'll hear us, we'll be doing Geeks and Films, and we'll be talking about two Lego movies. Lego Movie 1 and 2. Sadly, I we totally should have done this, but Yoshimitsu hasn't seen it, so this makes it easier for him. Uh, Space Jam celebrating its 25th anniversary. I do wish we could have gotten the chance to cover it, but, you know, sad. Also, the second one just wasn't that good. I didn't enjoy it that much. First one's good. I would love to review it at some point, but the Lego Movie 1 and 2 works out better for, you know, us as podcasters. So, we will see you maybe next week. Bye. Bye.